Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ew, what is going on, everybody? Sorry. Some technical difficulties there to start, but we're here. Apologies. Thanks for hanging with us and being patient because I know you guys are patient. I'm Dave Lochran. Hanging out today when the on the contrary show moving into Friday just makes sense at this point instead of Saturday. So hopefully you're aware of the transition. If you weren't now you are. I'm hanging out, of course, always with Alex Baker himself. Awesome. DFS on the Twitter's number one ranked player out there. My man, what's going on today, brother? What's up, guys? Last night, man, that Denver versus Cleveland game. Uh, th- that's why it's good to have more than one game going at a time. So I'm really looking forward to this Sunday slate. Dude, I decided, and I, I know they're not exactly plus EV, but I decided to do a, a same game parlay, right? Put a nice. decent amount on it. And I had Cortland Sutton over 55 receiving yards, right? 55 nice. plus, hit it. I had uh, Dearness Johnson over, I think it was like 49 and a half. We smoked that. That was your prop last night. Crushed it like in the first quarter. Right. Uh, and then I had Jarvis Landry five plus receptions and then 39 and a half over yards. He had four for 30 in the first five minutes of the game and one for seven in the final 54 minutes of the game and got hurt. Like I thought I had that locked up and well, football strikes again so do the browns also joining us millie maker winner several time six figure winner and contributor at awesome you can check his shows out right here on the dfs channel neil orfield neil orfield i should say it's almost tough to say at player q dfs on twitter neil thanks for joining us man thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here on the show with you guys first show with loffy first real show with alex so very excited yeah you guys actually did uh the show Last year, was it last year or two years ago, where you won the million and broke down everything you did to go about that? I would suggest everyone checks that out, too. Yep, yeah, that I was mean, just, just one year ago. Sorry, we might, uh, we might have to keep making more of those because I saw you, you split a million, uh not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, not as exciting when you have to split it four ways, but I'll take it. No right. complaints. Yeah, that's not fun. Only winning 300000 <laughs> 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 God, I felt for you that night. I got to say. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you can follow, it. You can follow me. We actually brought Neil on here out of pity after that. <laughs> night. Follow me at Laffy underscore D. And of course, we're happy to have you guys with us. You are the best hanging with us every day, despite the fact that basketball is in full swing. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet and subscribe to the channel. Subscribers are pumping lately. I love it. And if you've been watching us for a while, still haven't subscribed yet, 
it's cool. There's no obligation to do so. But if you want to subscribe, make sure you always know when our stuff is dropping and also support the channel. Hit that subscribe and the thumbs up. And of course, you want to get those sexy badges, the custom emojis and all of that fun stuff. Of course, priority access when we have questions and comments and shout outs. Hit that join right below the thumbs up button. And uh, well, if you don't want to, that's cool. If you do, it's like $2.99 a month. I did it. Looks like our boy El Negro Loco is in the uh, the six month range, as I can tell by I can identify by the color of his badge. And uh, well, yeah, check it out. We're happy to welcome you to the team. Just like Dave Crowley. Welcome to the team, man. Team awesome. Though. We keep getting bigger. All right, Alex, we got off to a bit of a late start. So I want to dive right into this. We always start with a little bit of strategy talk. And we talked about this before the show a little bit, just kind of in passing. This is one of those weird, weird weeks where not only do you have a ton of buys in only 10 games, but you have spreads of 17 and a half, 16 and 13. And all three of them are on the four o'clock wave of games. Is there anything you're doing differently when you have spreads that are this big on a slate and this many of them to boot? Well, I think uh, when you have a team that's a favorite, favorite of uh, 13 points to 18 points, like we have with Tampa, Rams and Cardinals. So like if you're stacking up that team, you got to be really worried that they stop passing the ball. Like if they get up to this lead that, that Vegas is projecting so that being kind of a median outcome instead of an outlier does change the way you should approach these games a decent amount. So uh, it's a situation where maybe the upside is not as high as the projections suggest because they'll just kind of get there and then stop producing. Huge beat says, Dave, thanks for the tip on betting the touchdown props. Uh, I made a quick 200 on last night's in quotes game. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, those touchdown props, there's a real edge there on these sites where there's no juice on either side of them. Neil, uh, we also spoke before the show, and I said, hey, if you guys have anything strategy-related, game theory-related, I'd like to hear about it and talk about it to kick off this show. And one thing you mentioned was kind of workshopping this idea that you play good players in bad matchups, and I put it in quotes, bad players in good matchups, because you're not talking about, like, the bottom of the barrel, the low of the low, but more so guys that have lower fantasy point averages and kind of go overlooked each week. What are you talking about when you, when you refer to this? So what I really mean when I say bad players, yeah, like you said, it's players who don't typically put up a lot of fantasy points. So they're going to be overlooked. So it's typically players that, you know, they haven't really done much this year or maybe even ever, uh, but they're in a spot where the matchup is so good that uh, they can do it despite not being the most talented players. Uh, You know, guys like, I'm trying to think of a great example uh, sometimes like Damian Harris is a guy that I often like uh, in matchups that are, are good matchups because he's not a player that people really want to play very often. Sometimes it's even like, you know, second or third uh, wide receivers on a team can be in a matchup where it's just like they're going to be funneled, funneled the ball. So even if they don't put up a lot of fantasy points, typically they can be in a spot where they will uh, that week. Um, and this is just uh, my, my strategy for finding contrarian players. I don't do this for for every player in my matchup or in my lineup. Um, but then also the other side of it being uh, when, when I say good players and bad matchups, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, you know, Devontae Adams, when he's in a tough matchup, sometimes will be overlooked. People will sometimes say, oh, I can't play Devontae Adams against this cornerback. So I'm just I'm going to fade him. And good players can go very over own. But then, you know, it, it, 
guys like Devonta Adams, Derek Henry, Delvin Cook, they can really put up fantasy points against any team. Doesn't matter how good, how, how bad the matchup is, uh, so they can be overlooked. So, so that's just my uh, philosophy for trying to find contrarian picks. And really, I brought it up though because I wanted to hear what you guys had to say about this strategy. Is this good advice, or am I, am I uh, screwing up giving people this advice? Yeah, Alex, go ahead. Where, where do you settle in on something like this where every week you see a lot of chalk rise to the top and a lot of good players in less than stellar matchups end up popping off because they're just that good? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's easy to, to think of examples where it's a tough matchup and then the guy gets there anyway and they're a little bit under-owned. So the tricky part is the, the field is pretty good at uh having the right guys at decent ownership so actually finding a guy that's super low owned uh that can pop off uh, is a little bit tricky but if you uh one additional way you could do it is with the inactives where maybe uh danny amendola is inactive and then like some guy from houston that no one's ever heard of is a full-time wide receiver or something like that uh, that's definitely a way that you can get an edge. Like there's been a lot of weeks this year so far that a guy that hasn't played very much, like all of a sudden is playing and, and not many people are able to identify that. Well, and Alex, I also think there's the notion too, that like a lot of times it's easy to, to get sucked into really good matchups for good players and forget sometimes that there are still other players that are in that good matchup speaking to what Neil's talking about. So like you could get a Devonte Adams where the, where the, in that week where, where green Bay didn't really need him. He had 10 targets. He had like six for 50, but Randall Cobb had two touchdowns and AJ Dillon scored. So even if a really good player is in a really good matchup, the rest of the team is also in a really good matchup. And sometimes if the defense is bad enough, you don't have to lean on your top player. Whereas in a bad matchup, you might have to look to your best player like a Devonte Adams more often than you would when you can coast in an easy matchup. Yeah. I mean, uh, we see guys in, in tough matchups get it done like on a regular basis. So uh, the, the specifics get a little dicey. Like uh, this week, we have Allen Robinson going up against uh, the Bucks defense, for instance. It's like, okay, this guy, is, he's been a stud in the past. So like, uh, I think that's a good example of maybe a, a guy that's probably not going to be high-owned that, that you could look at. And, uh, I mean, his year, this year hasn't been that great, so maybe not the best example in the world, but there are some diamonds in the rough every week. Yeah, I got some stats on him we'll get to in a little bit. It's time to jump into stacks and matchups and players and teams. Before we do, though, just to pick up on what Huge Beats mentioned in the chat about those touchdown props, well, over at Prize Picks, they got some juicy ones every single week. And of course, every other sport you could imagine. I, I mean that. Like, think of a sport and they have it over there. Prize Picks is daily player, uh, player prop based contest. You can use all of the research you're using here, uh, watching these shows, playing DFS elsewhere, and use it there where there's no sharks, optimizers, none of that stuff. However, what they do have is lineups where you're basically building a two, three, four, five player lineup. I used to call it a parlay, but the reason I've shied away from that recently is because generally speaking with a parlay, if you don't hit all of them, you don't win anything. But at prize picks, if you hit three of five or four, four or five, you're still making money, right? I think three of five, you're still making your money back. I think you even still make some money or, or, or not lose everything on a two of five. 
So that's a huge advantage to have over there. Whereas otherwise parlays, if you're not cashing, if you're not hitting five of five, sorry, you're not cashing anything. So you don't need every single leg of these parlays or lineups in order to win. But what you do need is to use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, get you up to $100 instant first match deposit bonus, up to $100 at PrizePix. If you go to prizepix.com, download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store. It's a smooth-looking site, very easy to navigate, to use. It looks good. You'll feel good over there. I don't know if that's true. You will when you win, though, especially when you get $100 match deposit bonus. Um, and I've been you know, hammering this home. The touchdown props, I love them because there's no juice. And a lot of these other books, these traditional books, are juicing the overs pretty heavy. I've got one for this week. Leonard Fournette, minus 125 to score elsewhere. Here, it's just over or under half a touchdown. They're 13-point favorites. Give me the over 0.5 touchdowns on Leonard Fournette. Alex, what do you have today over at Prize Picks? So one of the props I'm looking at at Prize Picks uh, and other prop markets is this Corderell Patterson uh receiving prop okay so he's been fantastic so far this year so the market's going to be high on him i'm looking at the under he's been targeted 38 percent of the time he's run a route so far this year but i'm kind of wondering if his playing time increases first of all that's like the highest in the league by like uh, like 10 percent, basically so like it's hard to imagine that like being sustainable in the first place, but then also if you're kind of projecting that he's going to get enough playing time, the average 41 and a half yards, I don't think he'll be able to be targeted as much when he's on the field. So see Pat under. What about you, Neil? I'm taking Justin Fields over 205.5 passing yards. I like it. I feel like it's a spot where they're going to have to throw a lot against the Bucks. 205.5 is not a very high ask, so I think you can get there. All right. Prizepicks.com, App Store, Google Play Store, wherever. You correctly pick a five-player lineup, a prop lineup. You can up to 10x your money. A uh, great place to build your bankroll and really just keep winning money over there. Check it out. Use the promo code AWESOMO for $100 first match deposit bonus. All right, fellas. Neil, we'll kick it off with you, our guest of honor here. The first question I want to ask you is more strategy-based, but it does relate to two specific teams. Is there merit this week to stacking running backs and wide receivers without their quarterback in order to get exposure to maybe high owned stacks, but do it in a different fashion? So, for example, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, or Daryl Henderson, Robert Woods on a team that's a 16 point favorite with the 33 point implied total, or Derrick Henry and AJ Brown in what could very easily be a shootout in a game that has the highest uh, total of the entire season. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so I'll say it's not something that I target. I don't try to stack running backs and wide receivers, which maybe is a flaw in my process. We've seen it win a lot the past couple of years, stacking yeah. wide receivers and running backs uh, without their quarterbacks. I am uh, allowing, in Fantasy Cruncher this year, I'm allowing for up to two 
wide receivers, running backs, or tight ends without the quarterback, just because guys like that, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, they both project so well that you don't really need to force it. They're just going to make it into some lineups together anyway. And I, I still don't want three without the quarterback because that's just a pretty high ask to not get the quarterback in there. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm not targeting uh, wide receiver running back stacks on the same team, um, but I am allowing it more this year than I have. Last year, I typically would would limit it to one uh, with exceptions being like the, like the week I won the Millie actually uh, because there was a 4,000 dollar Jamal Williams and then Devontae Adams on the same team so I kind of found those spots where I would allow more than one um, but typically last year I uh, limited it to one per team without the quarterback this year I'm allowing two but yeah it's not really something that I'm trying to force sure and Alex is it something that you actively try or are you cool at least having lineups like that do you set any limitations there yeah I'm, I'm cool with having a running back wide receiver without the the quarterback uh as Neil was saying, like, I agree with him. Like, it's not something I'm going to go out of my way to target because I don't feel like there's a huge correlation between a running back having a huge game and the wide receiver having a huge game. We got, we got to keep in mind, we're, we're needing these guys to score about 10 points higher than, like, what their salary says they should score. So you really need a lot to go right for each player. So, um yeah, I think it's not something I'm avoiding, but uh, it's it's not something I'm going to try to target. I, I guess what I've always wondered, Alex, is like how many games do we see? And maybe this is something we could look into, but uh, you talk about the correlation, and you're right. Now, but at the same time, how many games do you see where like a team just destroys their opponent? And we're talking about some big favorites here. Destroys their opponent or just has such a heavily concentrated offense to where it's like, all right, Tannehill throws a couple of touchdowns, but most of his production and yardage goes to, say, an A.J. Brown. And then the rest of the damage the offense does is on the ground with Derrick Henry. Or in the case of, like, the Rams, Daryl Henderson rushes for 160 and two touchdowns, and they don't need to do a ton, but the production that Matthew Stafford does have goes to, say, Cooper Cup or something. Oh, yeah, it's definitely possible. The only thing I'm not certain of, if you told me, like right now that Daryl Henderson had 30 points and that's the only thing you knew about this Rams game that would make me, I, I don't know if that'd make me more or less likely to want to have Cooper cup in that lineup. It's just kind of hard to, to figure out like, okay, if Henderson has two touchdowns and Cooper cup did well, like I, I just don't see much connection there. Gotcha. All right. So if we're looking a little bit, at some of these specific games, we can stay on track here because we'll talk about the Titans, Neil, and the Chiefs. But kicking it off with the Chiefs, we've seen this stack fluctuate in price. Last week it was a little bit cheaper. Um, but Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill is always going to be really expensive, no matter what. And probably pigeonholes you into making similar lineups to other people. He's going to similar value plays. How high high are you on the Chiefs this week? And also, how willing are you to get to guys like me, Call Hardman, and, and, and kind of these lesser-known, lesser-owned options in the passing game that might be able to rip off a big play for a touchdown? Yeah, I mean, in a game with such a high total, uh, the Chiefs is one of the spots where they're supposed to put up a lot of points, and it's also supposed to be a high-scoring game. Uh, so it, it's going to be a, a close game, I should say. So... I feel like all of the receiving options for the chiefs are in play. I'm going to have some for sure of Kelsey Hill, 
even Michael Hardman, even though he keeps letting me down, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to the well and hope that this is the week that he has two touchdowns and puts up 100 yards. I think that it's in play for Michael Hardman, especially in a game like this where it's just two great offenses, two bad defenses. There's going to be so many points scored, and he's not very expensive. So, yeah, I'm definitely willing to go to Michael Hardman for 4,300. Um, I'll, I'll probably be over the field on Travis Kelsey. He looks good. Uh, Tyreek Hill is one of those plays that, I never feel that great about him just because he can put up a real dud, but uh, you also always have to have some because he can also put up 50 fantasy points. So I'll have some Tyreek Hill as well. Um, yeah, I feel I feel good about the Chiefs in this game. I mean, it kind of it's an ownership thing. I don't know if I'm going to go too heavy on the Chiefs because I am a little bit concerned about the ownership, um, but also with that high of a total in that kind of game script. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely going to have some Kelsey Hill, Miko Harbin. I don't know if I'll go down to guys like Byron Pringle. Uh, Maybe sometimes I do, but uh, yeah, I feel good about those three at least. What about you, Alex? How do you go about the Chiefs? I know I feel like I ask you this every week, and every week it's no less relevant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the game that everyone's going to be targeting this week because the the over under is like the highest we've seen this season at fifty seven and a half. Kansas City by the sports books is projected for thirty one points. Uh, and it's hard to, to argue with now. Kansas City has been not as good this year, uh, but it's mostly, I guess, like Mahomes' efficiency is down a little bit, but it's still good at 7.8 yards per attempt. They pass the ball a ton. Their rushing has been solid, but their defense has been pretty weak, which even like helps out your, your Kansas City stack if you have it. So, so obvious uh, number one team on the slate. I think the ownership's going to be super, super high on on all these guys. And, and Miko Hardman, like you might think he'd be sneaky, but the last slate that Kansas City was on, I think it was last week, he was like double-digit owned. So uh, I might try to fade him uh, and go with some some players that are on other teams that aren't in as good spots, kind of uh, what Neil was saying to get a little contrary. What about on the other side, Neil, where you've got the Titans? We already talked about, you know, what you can do to maybe get a little bit different here, but Derrick Henry has just been on another level. Let me give you an example of how good he's been. James Conner is second in touchdowns on uh, rushing touchdowns this season. Derrick Henry is first. Uh, Conner has five. Derrick Henry has 10. So, I mean, he, he has literally doubled up the next closest player at the position. Uh, in terms of rushing attempts, Henry has 162. The next closest player has 111. I could literally just go down the list. Henry has 783 rushing yards. Chubb is second with 523. Take Elliott, who's played six games, 521. I mean, he's, he's so far and away been better than everybody else. His volume is insane. He's pacing, you know, for over 460 carries this season. And, and then it looks like I could be wrong here, but I, I have a, a pretty good feeling that, well, I guess Julio returned to a limited practice. We'll see, but I, I'm still not sure he's active. What are you doing with the passing game? But what are you doing with Henry starting with him? Of course. So Henry, I think I'm going to go under the field. He's not going to be a full fade for me because he's Derek Henry and he's just ridiculously good. Um, and there, there's no real direct pivot to him. So I guess it kind of depends on how he fits into my lineups to some extent. Uh, but just based on the ownership, I feel like my lean would be to go a little bit under the field on Henry and just go to some of the cheaper running backs who I think are in spots where they could put up big numbers, even if it's a little bit less likely. Hope that the Chiefs kind of 
focus on stopping Derrick Henry because it's clear to everybody who's watched their games that he is the best piece of their offense. I mean, he's just been ridiculously good this year. So I got to hope that they can, you know, try to stop him a little bit, force force Tennessee to pass a little bit. So my uh, my inclination is to go a little bit under the field on Henry. Um, but then on the other side, I, I plan on being over the field on the passing game. I'm going to play some Tannehill only projected for 2.4% ownership, I believe. Uh, and that's just too low for the quarterback who is uh, expected to be on the losing end of a game that's going to be this high scoring. I mean, if they're going to be down in the fourth quarter, I would expect them to pass more. Now, you never know. They do have Derrick Henry, so it's not a sure thing. But yeah, I've seen 2.3% projected ownership. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to have some Tannehill hope that they are forced to pass a little bit in the second half. And he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's put up big fantasy points in the past. We know he can do it. The Chiefs defense is atrocious. I love these kind of these kind of high total games. Uh, so if you can find a 2.3% owned quarterback in a game with this high of a total, sign me up. Hell, Tannehill's won tournaments for people more than once over the past couple of years. There's no, there's no doubt about that. 18, Alex, of the last 22 games the Titans have played have gone north of 50 total points. So, I mean, there's real shootout potential here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Kansas City's defense isn't great. Tennessee's defense isn't great. Uh, and both offenses are, are pretty solid. Definitely Kansas City is better, of course. But Derrick Henry, uh, I mean – I feel like he's been the guy the Sharps have been fading for the last two seasons and like have, I mean, it's cost a lot of money, uh, but I might do it again this week. I mean, the, the problem is like, although I think he's in a good spot, like, like the country, the like typical contrary and logic would be like, okay, Tennessee's the dog in this game. So people aren't going to pick the running back. However, Henry is averaged 30 points this season over the last five weeks, he's only busted one time. So I think the casual crowd is going to be really high on Henry. He's the first name you see on the running back list when you, when you get to that position because he's the highest priced. So, I, I mean, I think the way he doesn't get there is pretty easy to, to see is that Tennessee just doesn't have much success in this game and gets game scripted out. So I'm not as afraid of the Henry fade this week as I am most. I, I just think that his ownership is going to outpace his uh, potential this week. Gotcha. What are you doing with the passing game then? I might be under <laughs> the passing game too. Like, uh, like this is starting to feel really, really uh, bad, but I just like, I think everyone's going to see this game with a 57 total and like the ownership we've seen on some of these games that have the highest total honestly has been like pretty insane. I uh, and I kind of see this as like okay football like we always talk about how like the game script is very unpredictable. Like it's not that hard that even though the offenses are in a good spot that this game just could be a bad football game. So I might take my chances and just take the field versus game, but um, we'll have to wait to see the, how the ownership uh, shakes out throughout the rest of the week. Neil, I'm looking at this Rams and Lions game, and you can you can miss me with the whole Matthew Stafford revenge narrative. He's happier than a pig in shit coming to L.A. where he plays with good players and isn't in Detroit anymore. So I'll say the same thing about DeAndre Hopkins facing Houston. Let's just not even go there. But the Rams, 33-point implied total. They're 16-point favorites. 
I, I, we saw last week, right, where as big road favorites against the Giants, they were up by 35 points at one spot, and they just – Daryl Henderson got there, Cooper Cup got there, Matthew Stafford got there. They got a bunch of different players there. Do you see that being the same this week where you could see Henderson, Cup, and Stafford get there? Maybe Robert Woods being one of them, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson. Like, there's so many different avenues you can take with the Rams which is what makes them frustrating, but also pretty interesting on a slate like this where they have such a high total. Yeah, I mean, they're expected to win by, what, 16, 17 points? Uh, like, every piece of the Rams' offense is in play this week. Uh, like I said, I, I limit it to two per lineup, um, so I'm not going to have a full onslaught like some people might want to do. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing, I think, a lot of Daryl Henderson, um, probably a lot of Cooper Cup because he's just any any week can break the slate. Um, I'll probably be over on Robert Woods, have some Higby. Um, where I might get, so since since we're on, on the contrary, I'll, I'll bring up that there's a chance that I might even play Sony Michelle if he's healthy. Uh, just because if they get up by so much against the Lions, uh, he's, he's one of those players that's uh, – bad player in a good spot kind of situation where, you know, if they're up by three touchdowns in the third quarter, are they really going to want to risk Daryl Henderson at that point? Maybe they will. Um, but I could see them just going to Sony Michelle a little bit more and just being able to run all over the lions. I mean, they should be able to do whatever they want with the lions. So he's the kind of player that's just cheap enough that he'll allow you to get to your chief stacks or, you know, your, your more expensive players. Um, he's not someone that I'm going to have in a lot of lineups, but if I have, you know, four or five percent of sony michelle i feel like that will be way over the field um so that's the kind of player that i like to take some chances on here and there hasn't worked out for me that well this year it was a lot better last year but uh i'll probably take take a shot here or there with sony michelle as well i get it i mean alex listen the the lions have been everyone talks about how bad their secondary is with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and just kind of ignores, not for much longer, but how well running backs have performed against them this season. Go back and look from the beginning. Exclude the Ravens because they didn't have a lead back. Look at every lead back and what they have been able to do against the, against the Lions this year. They've crushed them. Mixon coming off a big game, um, back to full strength. But the craziest thing is they've allowed six rushing touchdowns to running backs, and they've allowed six receiving touchdowns to running backs. So no matter what the offense is doing, running backs have been involved through the air or on the ground against Detroit. I love Daryl Henderson this week. And honestly, I thought he would be the highest owned running back coming into this slate. Yeah. I mean, Henderson's in a, a smash spot for sure. I mean, they're, they're huge favorites in this game versus Detroit. He's been getting the lion's share of the workload. Uh, 
so far this year in games he's healthy, he's averaged 60% of the rushes. Well, Sony Michelle has been at about 25%. So I think that the obvious thing that could happen in this game is that the Rams uh, win by a lot and Daryl Henderson would be the most likely guy to, to go off. That being said, uh, the Rams so far this year have leaned towards the pass more than the run in neutral game scripts. They have the fifth lowest run rate in these uh, neutral situations at 35%. So uh, there is a world where they just kind of put up a ton of points passing and then kill clocks. So I don't think Henderson is, is a lock or anything, but definitely in a great spot. Interesting. Okay. Do you have any run back interest on the other side of this one for Detroit? Yeah, I think that if you stack up Stafford, you, you definitely want to consider a run back here because uh, that will keep their passing rate high. Uh, the the options aren't that great. The obvious one would be DeAndre Swift, who who does get a lot of receiving production for the Lions uh, and has a high enough workload that he's not a bad play. Then you start going into the kind of bad play territory, I'd say, where like guys are just overpriced compared to their average production. So I would be looking at Amon Ross St. Brown probably as my number two option for the runback. He played 80% of dropbacks last week, uh, had a really slow start to the season, but he's been picking it up. So uh, I don't hate him. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. We got almost 300 people watching on a Friday morning. And uh, after this, if you missed the NBA strategy show with Adam and Josh, check that out. We got a 10-game slate tonight. We'll have live before lock, deeper dive, all of that good stuff leading up to 7 o'clock lock. Neil, on the so, – so one game stands out to me in the backfield a lot. Let me get your take on this. Panthers-Giants, Chuba Hubbard and Devontae Booker. Barkley's still not practicing. Neither is Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Tony. I mean, they're just banged up. Someone in chat just said Sterling Shepard suffered a setback in practice. I haven't had time to look at that yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. And then Christian McCaffrey's out at least two more games. It does feel like both of these running backs on each side are going to get an insane amount of work as we've been seeing with them, uh, given that their starters are sidelined. How are you approaching Panthers giants? Yeah, I, I listened to your show uh, with Matt Savoka, I think, from from Thursday, uh, yeah, when you're talking yeah. about this game. And I loved it. I, I love the idea. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed to see that the ownership is coming in a little bit higher than I expected it to. I was thinking Devontae Booker might be a little bit under the radar this week, uh, but he's looking like he's coming in at around 15% ownership. Um, uh, we have him at, unless... Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, yeah, you're right. He's at 9.6% ownership. I'm, I'm struggling with my mouse over here on my new computer uh, trying good. to find find my sheet. Yeah, Devontae Booker, 9.6% ownership, but then we've got him at uh, a 5.5% boom probability. So it's, I don't love that, uh, but I still feel like it is such a good spot where he's getting such good such a good workload and in a great matchup against the Carolina defense. They've not been great against the run, uh, as you guys mentioned. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be playing Devontae Booker. I probably won't go too much higher than the field on Devontae Booker if he's right around 10%. Um, I think that's a good number for him. And then Chuba Hubbard, he's the one that is that he's projected for 14.6% yeah. ownership. That's a little bit high, uh, only 8.6% boom probability. Um, so I'll probably be slightly under the field of Chuba Hubbard, but it's a good enough spot and he's, you know, a reasonable price. It's not a spot that I hate. It's just uh, based on the current 
boom bust tool, I would say I'd probably be a little bit under the field on Chuba Hubbard, but I'll be tracking that. Things can change, you know, between now and Sunday. I would like to play him a little bit more um, if, if ownership is not too high. For sure. And one thing we mentioned on the, on the show yesterday was the Panthers have allowed more rushing yards over the last three games than six teams have allowed on the season. They've been gutted, gutted by opposing rushing attacks recently. And you can't look at their first three weeks because they faced three, two awful rushing attacks and one that just abandoned the run and only gave Alvin Kamara six carries. So I'm looking at Carolina as arguably going into this week as one of, if not the worst run defense in the league based on what we've been seeing. Alex, is there anything you really like from the Panthers-Giants? Uh, yeah, I think this game could be uh, a little bit less uh, popular than some of the others. So I think um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson both are, are interesting in this one. Uh, Giants defense <clears throat> uh, so far been about average. So that's uh, it's going to be a decent spot for Carolina. Uh, DJ Moore has been pretty fantastic. Just uh, let me pull up the numbers here. He has been um, obviously the number one. Robbie Anderson has been targeted even less than he was in the past. So that's really been a huge workload for Moore. 25% of the time he's out there, he's gotten, gotten targeted. So uh, he could be a guy that the game environment isn't the most amazing, but it could definitely break the slate. All right, now, I guess we could move on to this next one with the Bucks and Bears. Right now, Neil, you've got Evan Fournette projected to be the highest-owned running back on the slate, albeit not by much. It's him, Derrick Henry, Henderson, Chuba Hubbard, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, and Daryl Henderson, all projected within a percentage point of each other. So super flat ownership on those guys. And then it falls off a little bit to a few other running backs that we'll talk about in a little bit. But ultimately, with Fournette, you've got him coming in against Chicago, 13-point favorite. But, of course, you still have Brady, you have Evans, you have Godwin, you have Antonio Brown, and it does appear that Gronkowski will once again miss this game. But they even used O.J. Howard quite a bit last week. So is, is this a good spot to go back to Leonard Fournette, or do you get away from him at this current ownership? Yeah, at this ownership, I'm going to want to be under the field on Leonard Fournette. I just think that's uh, that's a pretty hefty number. 16% projected ownership is higher than I like. But then again, I mean, the, the boom, he has 9.6% boom odds, 15.4% optimal. That's really good, too. So it's not like I don't want to fully fade Leonard Fournette because he is just he's in a spot that he can go off. Um, I would expect, based on these numbers currently, I would be a little bit under the field on Leonard Fournette. And this is another situation where uh, I don't want to keep touting backup running backs because it usually is not going to go well. Uh, but I might give a few shots to Ronald Jones here or there just because they might want to get him involved in a game where they could have a huge lead. I don't think it's likely. I think it's actually pretty unlikely. But they could have a really big lead. And Leonard Fournette, seems to be their clear lead back. So they're, they're not going to want to be running Leonard Fournette out there. Once they have the big lead, maybe Ronald Jones will have his shots in the end. And he's, again, a cheap enough guy this week that he can allow you to get up to some of the more expensive guys that we like. So I'll probably take a couple of shots there. Alex, whenever we're talking tournaments, there's, you know, there's, we, we can't not talk about Tampa Bay because they have, you know, arguably the explosive or top three most explosive offense in the league. But also, each week, you're kind of just guessing which one of the, 
the three is going to go off among the top three receivers and how involved is Fournette going to be in the passing game? How involved is one of these tight ends going to be? What's your approach when it comes to, to, to working tournament lineups and, and building lineups or generating lineups with Tampa Bay's offense? So I think the, the thing that really stands out with Tampa Bay is how much they pass the ball. Uh, they're fourth in the league in pass rate in neutral game scripts. So uh, we actually saw them blow out Miami two weeks ago, and Brady was the winning quarterback, despite the fact that Miami didn't really put up much offense, only 17 points. Uh, in that game, Fournette only run, ran the ball 12 times. So there's no guarantee he gets the workload that, that you really are looking for in, in this game where they're huge favorites. So kind of with that same thing in mind, I don't mind stacking up the box once again. It looks like the ownership isn't going to be super high this week. We have them uh, Brady at 6% and the top stack percent at 7.8%. So I do uh, like stacking up the box because they tend to pass the ball even when they're ahead. So Alex, sticking with you for a second, you mentioned Allen Robinson uh, you mentioned them earlier, so now we got to talk about it. And, and Stephen, mine was actually my stream was buffering, and I I just refreshed it, so I don't know what happened. I refreshed it, and it seems like we're good. Chris, are we good? Okay, yeah, it's it, what mine was buffering for a second too. If you refresh it, it, it should be fine. Um, anyway, I I'm looking at Allen Robinson numbers the other day. Now I think we're down. There we go. There we go. Okay. So I, I was looking at Allen Robinson numbers the other day, Alex, and this stood out to me. I tweeted this. He had four deep targets through the first five weeks of the season. And listen, air yards, prairie yards, call them what you want. They're not shit if your quarterback can't get you the football. I understand that. But in tournaments, sometimes opportunity is key. Four, area, four deep targets of 20-plus yards in the first five weeks. Last week, he had five. So it makes me believe, to some extent at least, that if they're playing from behind, maybe Matt Nagy and company is going to figure out the right way to use Allen Robinson, and maybe they got on the right track last week. Who knows? Probably won't work, but we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely encouraging. I, I do think even based on his numbers so far this year, there's enough of a reason to play Allen Robinson here. He's been targeted on 20% of his routes. Uh, last year, he was at 24%, so that's a downtick, but still pretty good. Uh, and, I mean, the Bears, you got to think, are going to have to pass the ball a good amount to, to stay in this one. So, uh, usually low-owned guys are low-owned for a reason. And for Allen Robinson, it's because he's averaged 8.4 fantasy points per game. But we have him at 4% ownership and a 6% chance of being in the optimal lineup. So mm. I'm willing to, to take my chances. What about you, Neil? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Allen Robinson, I mean, if you had told us before the year, Allen Robinson's going to be 5,100 in a game where they're going to be in, against a pass funnel defense uh, and only 4% own, I love it. I mean, that's just that's a spot that, yeah, I, I'm concerned about Justin Fields. I don't know if he can get him the ball. But Allen Robinson is so talented that I'm willing to take that chance at 4% ownership. I'm going to be, I think, well above the field on Allen Robinson and above the field on Darnell Mooney as well, just because I think he's also a talented receiver. He's going to get some passes thrown his way. Um, yeah, I'm going to be taking plenty of shots on the Chicago receivers. Whether I pair them with Justin Fields, 
maybe not quite as much. I, I probably will some, um, but yeah, I, I'll definitely have the receivers here and there. I'm with you, man. I, I said from the beginning of the season that I'd rather have Andy Dalton for, for Allen Robinson. It doesn't mean I, he's going to be better than fields or anything like that, but just for this season, Andy Dalton's the type of guy that locks on to guys like Robinson, but we'll see. I, I think you guys make some good points. Uh, you look at the boom bust tool and yeah, there are some reasons that would suggest that maybe Allen Robinson is a strong play here. So, well, it's like, it's like, you know what, Alex, it's like the T.Y. Hilton narrative all over again, where we're going to fully give up on Robinson and then Hilton's <laughs> going to pop off for like five straight huge games. Well, yeah. I mean, we got to keep in mind that the variance with wide receivers is mm -hmm. insane. Like, I, I think I, I like figured out that it was about like 75% of their like receiving yards projection every week or something. So, wow. Uh, yeah, I think that the, the range of outcomes for any receiver is really, really high. Allen Robinson is no exception. So We've seen the flip side of that so far. He hasn't done anything, but that can change uh, pretty quickly, like did with Hilton. Yeah, let's hope it does because uh, we're going to need it this week. I, I I can't help but look at the the, the Cardinals, Neil, and see that they've got a 35.5-point total. They're 17.5-point favorites. But then you've got a team where – I. Where do you where do you go with these guys in, in large field tournaments, right? Or if you're someone that's playing 150 entries, both of you guys are, are doing that frequently. Yeah, it's a lot easier to go with like all right, maybe a Hopkins or an AJ Green, who is top five in red zone targets or targets inside the 10 yard line this year. Maybe sprinkle some Rondell Moore, some Christian Kirk and some Chase Edmonds or some James Conner. But a lot of people that are playing, you know, one, maybe like a, some single entry lineups or three max or even five max it's really difficult to get exposure to this team without just completely pissing in the wind in the sense of, I don't know where I'm going here. I'm just playing guys and hoping that Kyler Murray targets them today because the target shares are so spread out on the year. Yeah. And then you add in Zach Ertz, right? So it's just oh, right, even right. more Zach spread Ertz. out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe not because maybe he's just stepping into the Max Williams role. I don't really know. I'm hoping I that he has a big use role. Him. Yeah, but, but I think Neil, they will even even four targets a game per for Zach Ertz is still going to, to muddy the waters even further. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, I often play Kyler Murray naked. Like I, I don't force anybody in there just because, you know, last year I felt like you could count on Deandre Hopkins to some extent. Like he was, he was targeted sure. a ton last year, this year. It's like, you just don't know who's going to go with him, but Kyler Murray is likely to get there. So I think that I'm going to be playing some Kyler Murray. I just, I love the 6.5% ownership. Not, not quite as great as last week, um, but I still really love that for Kyler Murray. And then I'll probably just uh, give him, give his pass catchers a boost in fantasy cruncher. So I'm not going to force them in there, but if I have Kyler Murray, Murray I'm going to want to be more likely to have Hopkins and Moore and Ertz and all those guys. Um, but yeah, it is a tough spot. Uh, and then the running backs. I mean, I would expect that they're going to run more, I think against the Texans because they're going to have, Presumably, they're going to have a huge lead by the second half. So maybe they're going to give it to James Conner a little bit more. Uh, Chase Edmonds, I really like, but I think he's a little bit banged up. I don't really know what to expect there. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have some of both Edmonds and Conner. I'll have some Kyler. I don't really know what to do with the receivers. Justin Fisher, after a stressful last 30 minutes, has figured out how to join Team Awesome. Welcome, brother. Nice badge. Looks good on you. Smojo says with a super chat, long-term premium awesome member 
Uh, thanks for the two back suggestions. So two running back suggestions yesterday. Tied for first in the 20 max. Awesome. Congrats, man. And also, Alex, he says, congrats, Alex, on the wedding. Uh, uh, thanks, Mojo. Uh, yeah, I got that. Uh, you had some some big success yesterday. So that's pretty cool. The 20 max, obviously not easy to finish uh, on top of that. For sure. A Alex, when it comes to Hopkins, somebody I had tweeted about him yesterday and just or the other day with some crazy stats where he's like 52nd in targets. He's 41st in receptions. He's 31st in yards. And then he's first in red zone touchdowns, fourth in red zone targets and second in receiving touchdowns. Someone goes, yeah, basically he's Gronk. And I mean, to some extent you have almost seen that type of usage from Hopkins where in between the twenties, it's like, okay, whatever. And then they get into the red zone and pepper him. Are, are you going back to the well with someone like Hopkins this week or with Arizona's backfield and chase Edmonds? This is a huge piece of the puzzle with them being such huge favorites with the second highest total on the week. Yeah. I feel like Hopkins might be a good fade this week. Uh, uh, mainly because of the price. He's like a great player, of course, but so far this year, he's only been targeted 17% of the time that he's been running a route. That's down significantly from last year at 24%. And based on my research, uh, we should be looking a lot more at this year's numbers than last year's. So in a game where they may not have huge passing volume, I think Hopkins is pretty risky. What about Brandon Cooks on the other side? Well, I think Cooks, uh, obviously the, the team, <laughs> not that great, but they've been passing the ball uh, a decent amount because of game script. The problem is they are a run first team 48% of the time in neutral game scripts. So um, you are kind of counting on the fact that they, they get down in this one for Cooks, uh, but he does project decently. So if you're, if you're game stacking, I think he's a great run back. As an individual play, I, I'm not as uh, excited. So I think this is still going on. I want to make sure. It certainly should be. We have a promo code, Curry, like the basketball player in Golden State, out there in California, Stephen Curry. I've heard of where him. You get, you've heard of him, yes. I, half off the entire week at Awesome o Plus Platinum because basketball season – has started. Now, it's C-U-R-R-Y, all caps. If you go to awesome.com slash promos, maybe Chris can throw the link in chat as well. It's probably in the description. You can find it anywhere. It's not just basketball, though. This is the best time of year if you're going to check out the site to do it because you have basketball, baseball. You still have golf going on. You have MMA. Um, I, I think we still have NASCAR. Maybe not. If we do, we have tools for it. We have eSports, everything. Uh, if they have content out there, we have contests for it. Use the promo code Curry. 50% off your first week of Awesome O Plus Platinum. Everything on the site. The player projections, the top stack tool, boom bust tool, lineup builder, uh, the fantasy cruncher add-on, all of that stuff. And for showdown slates, we have all of the showdown tools, the same stuff, the top plays tool, the, the ownership for that. We have tiers, everything. You name it, 50% off everything on the site first week using the promo code Curry. And join the new Discord chat if you haven't done so yet. We have premium, premium office hours channel where you have the pros from Awesome answering your questions, help you become a better player, a great overall community, and a million tools that I don't even have time to go through because I still want to keep giving you guys content over the final five minutes of the show. Curry, all caps, awesome.com slash promos. Join us 
And if you have any questions, my DMs are open on Twitter at Lafay underscore D. All right, Neil, a few more to get through here. The Philadelphia Eagles. This is where, this is where I, I, I think there could be some opportunities here, but it could also just be death. Eagles offensive coordinator said he wants to get Miles Sanders more involved. So there's that. Zach Ertz's departure is clearly going to open thing up, open things things up for Dallas Goddard, who's out targeted 21 to 12 over the last three weeks they played together. What in the world do we do with the Philadelphia Eagles? Only field goal dogs in Las Vegas this week. Yeah, it's an exciting spot. Actually, when you were talking about Miles Sanders earlier in the week in one of the shows, I was very much with you. I wanted to get me some Miles Sanders uh, just because he is the kind of guy you can blow up any week. He's just such a talent. Uh, hopefully at some point they see the light. They're going to start giving Miles Sanders the ball a little bit more. Um, and I thought this would be a good week for it. But then the ownership today comes in at 12.8%. He looks overowned in the boom bust tool. I hate that. I thought for sure nobody's going to play Miles Sanders. Me because too. He just hasn't done it yet this week. I'm a little bit disappointed to see this ownership. Uh, so I think if he is coming in at almost 13% come Sunday, I'm going to come under the field on that most likely just because that's, man, it's disappointing. Uh, I want to play him, but uh, I don't know if I can get to too much when the ownership is that high. I do like Dallas Goddard. Uh, I, I want to see what he can do without Zach Hurts there. Um, I don't know other than Hurts. I'll, I'll be playing some Hurts. I don't know who else I would really go to uh, on the Eagles. I'm with you. I was shocked to see that Miles Sanders ownership, particularly with how he's played lately. Alex, what do you do with the Eagles, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders? And could this be the week where Josh Jacobs gets 20-plus carries? Because the Eagles are, are 30th in time of possession, and they've allowed the seventh most plays run against them because, well, they can't keep the offense on the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, this one's definitely an interesting one. So from the Vegas side, Jacobs probably wouldn't be my number one way to target this game. But it was an encouraging sign that after Gruden resigned, uh, they didn't make Peyton Barber inactive so Jacobs got the bulk of the carries it is still a timeshare though because Kenny and Drake and Jalen Rashard are both mixing in on uh receiving plays so I think overall a decent spot but not not something I'm going to go all out for but some of the the receivers in this game look pretty appealing so I'm looking at guys like Hunter Renfro Darren Waller both well-priced and then out of Philadelphia you guys mentioned Goddard I think he's a good play I'm also, uh, I'm seeing Quez Watkins is starting to get more and more work throughout the year. Uh, he ran routes on 76% of plays the last two weeks, and he's kind of a big time playmaker. So uh, that could be the contrary piece here. So Neil, I, I want to ask you about the, the Raiders side too with Josh Jacobs. I'm, I'm having trouble convincing myself to get there, but I feel like I want to just because the Philadelphia Eagles have allowed more volume than almost any team to running backs this season. Yeah, no, I think he's, I feel like Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that I never want to get to anymore. He used to be, you know, a first round, second round kind of fantasy guy who you wanted to get to a lot. Yeah. Uh, he is coming in at nearly 13% ownership. So he doesn't look great in the boom bust tool, but then again, he is, he's 11.3% optimal, but he's only 5.7% boom probability. So I, I think based on these numbers, I would go, a little bit under the field on Josh Jacobs, but not a ton. Uh, the price is fine. I feel like there are a lot of guys kind of in that just over 6,000 price range that I'm going to have. I'm going to be mixing in. I'm not going to go too heavy on Josh Jacobs because I'm not that excited about playing him. Um, but yeah, if he's going to have, you know, he, he's the number one for sure. Um, 
I'm expecting them to get some volume. Should be a close game, so they should be running throughout. Um, I'll, I'll have some Josh Jacobs, but it's not really a stand I'm taking. I'm not going to try to get over the field on him. All right, so we can't hit on everything here because the show's only an hour long. We got off to a bit of a late start. But Sunday, every single game will go through them, four-hour, live before lock, deeper dive, the pre-deeper dive show. Be there with us. But now we close it out with this. Top pivot, top fade, or top fade, top pivot, and our favorite bet for week seven. Alex, go first. What do you got for us? Um, well, I'll start off with uh, the favorite bet here. Uh, I got Cordero Patterson under. I was mentioning that he uh, he has been targeted a ridiculous percent. And, like, in football, you can't just throw someone out there and the ball goes to them every time because that's just exploitable. So, I just see that kind of regressing a little bit. Uh, who are you guys betting this week? What do you got, Neil? Yeah, so I'll, I'll kill two birds with one stone right here, if you don't mind. Uh, so Please. my favorite fade is Derrick Henry. Uh, and then my my pick uh, is Derrick Henry under 40 receiving yards. I just feel uh-huh. like, I mean, we, we have a little bit of a sample size, I guess. So they're targeting a little bit. But 40 receiving yards is kind of hefty for Derrick Henry. I'm just going to expect him to go less than that. And I'm going to... When I say I'm going to fade him, I don't mean I'm going to fully fade him, but I'm going to be under the field on Derrick Henry. There's a 40 receiving yard prop for Derrick Henry? Yeah. What? I haven't seen that one. That's crazy. Unless I'm, I thought it was on the uh, odd shopper. Oh, no. That's crazy. I mean, if it is, please let me know I so I can. don't have pulled up anymore, yeah. I, I bet under 20. <laughs> I feel like uh, I really missed out here. Yeah, so do I. Um <laughs> As far as bets go, if you go to oddshopper.com and click shop NFL or NBA now too, you can sort by expected win rate, expected ROI, the easiest way to find the best bets out there. And it takes two clicks to find your bet and place it. It's phenomenal. I mean, I use it every single day since we've started doing this, using our projections to find you the best bets with expected win rate, sort by that expected ROI. And not just that. We'll give you every best bet in or every best book to bet them at. So like you got Matthew Stafford completions over 23 and a half, even money bet MGM has it at even money over 23 and a half with a monster expected win rate, just sort by that sort by ROI. We also have the prop party parlays where we put together the best parlay for you that you can bet on. Check it out. Totally free. We got it for football and NBA now and a bunch of uh, amazing things coming in the future. That'll do it for us. Follow Neil at Player Q DFS, Alex at Awesomeo DFS, and we'll be back here next week, Friday, for On the Contrary, presented by Prize Picks. Peace. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. 
product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 